to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Father, we bless you and we do magnify your name in this place. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that you've given us, O oh God, to gather here today. We thank you for your presence that is already in the place. And we pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you may come and speak to our hearts. May we hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church today. Not what man has to say, not what I have to say. But Father, we need a rhema word from God. So Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts. Let us hear what's in your heart. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. For we know that the word of God changes lives. And so, Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that the word of God will go forth freely, that there will be no interruptions, that we bind every spirit, everything that would come against the knowledge of God and we bring it into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you in this place. Let everybody say amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord a praise. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I said it's good to be in the house of the Lord. The Bible says I was glad. Anybody glad? The Bible says I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I am so glad to be here today. Amen. The presence of God is here. There is a presence, there is an anointing here today that will change our lives. Won't you look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your life is about to change. Come on, look to somebody else in faith and say, neighbor, your life is about to change. Your life is about to change. Come on, clap your hands and give him a shout of praise like you really believe it. I say give him a shout of praise like you really believe it. Anybody looking for a changed life? Anyone looking for a changed life? Amen, somebody. But well, we serve a God that is able to do that. Amen. I'm so glad to be here today. You know, I always find some kind of way to wear some sports stuff. I, you know, I wear it with shoes. It doesn't matter. Amen. Uh, I figured I'd just throw that out there anyway. You know, that's, there's no price for that, uh, Lady Marion. That's free, Adam. That's, that's all free. But I am so glad to be here. You know, it, it's, it's just a whole different thing when you come into the house of God. We can feel a certain way at home or sometimes even on the way to church. How many ever, you know, came to church and you just wasn't feeling right in your spirit or you might have been angry or it could have been anything on the way. But when you got here, when you got here, there's a change, there's a difference. There's something special about being in the presence of God. And I am so excited about what God is going to speak to us today. Amen. Do me a favor, lift up your Bible. 
Pastor Basil has been urging us to bring a physical Bible. That's why I had mine. I have mine today. A physical Bible. He said that the phone is not a Bible. Amen. I said that last week uh, in, in a rehearsal. I don't know if it was last week or a week before. And in a rehearsal, I said, you know, what Pastor Basil was saying and, and talking about the Bible. And, you know, the Bible, the phone is not a Bible. I said, you know, you want to bring the physical. And, and, and I'm not going to say who it was. But somebody raised up a phone and says, this is, a, this is a Bible. This is a Bible. I said, no, it's a phone. It's not a Bible. Praise the Lord. All right. This is my Bible. I believe everything in it to be true. I believe that God is who the Bible says that he is. And I believe that he can do what the Bible says that he can do. I believe that I am who the Bible says that I am. Yes. And I can do what the Bible says that I can do. For this is the mind of God. And the more of this I get into me, the more of the mind of God I will have. Therefore, I will delight myself in this word. It should be my pleasure. I would esteem it to be very valuable. It shall be my desire. For the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Praise God for his word. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So good to be here. I'm so excited to be here. And I am so uh, just anticipating uh, what God is going to say to us today. And we're so happy to have our guest here today. God bless you. We appreciate you being uh, with us on today. Amen. One more time. Give them a hand. Amen. Amen. I don't think there's any, any others, but uh, we're, we're so glad. Turn uh, your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 2. We are, we are going to the beginning. We are going to the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse number 21. And the Lord had caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, Whoa, man. No, he didn't say that. Uh, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. I'm going to stop right there. And a very interesting thing, I, I, I almost 
Well, not that I almost didn't. I did consider not speaking about what I'm about to speak about today for various reasons. And the Lord said, no, that's what I gave you. And that's what I gave you a while ago. So, so you go ahead and, and talk about it. And what I want to talk today, uh, I want to talk about marriage. Um, my wife and I did a message months ago. And we had gotten some feedback. And some of the people that were here uh, were blessed by it. And some people that were online. And then we, we've had... My wife and I have a, a dear person in our life who was, have been edging us on for months to do part two of this message. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to do that today. Who knows? My wife might jump up and join me. I don't know. Praise the Lord. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I want to talk today about your marriage is worth fighting for. Look to someone and say, your marriage, your marriage is, worth is worth fighting for. Yes, yes. And the last time we talked, uh, I'm not going to talk about much of what we talked about last time. But one of the things I did want to repeat to a certain extent was the introduction. Because building the platform of the fact that marriage is not easy. Matter of fact, marriage oftentimes are hard. And the reason why I want to reiterate this is because people need to know this. People need to understand uh, before they get married and even while they get married because some people when they're going through stuff in marriage they think that they're the only ones going through it. But we have to know and, and share this information with people especially before they get married because Oftentimes, there is no extensive uh, counseling before marriage. Not always. But what I'm saying is, I'm talking about extensive. Extensive. Oftentimes, we do counsel. And oftentimes, we as pastors, we, we do our job in counseling and warning and sharing and praying with them along the way before they get married. But what I want to say today is that people need a whole lot more than what we have been sharing. Amen, somebody. I don't get, I'm not getting a much amens here. Well, I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we, 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 we need more help. W would you agree that we need more help in the area of marriage? Y'all just way too quiet for me today. Would you agree? Is that what's going on? All right. It's, we need a whole lot more help when it comes to marriage. And that is the truth. All right. So, so what did we say? We said last time uh, I used a different um, uh, company, if, if you would, that does these types of research. And according to American uh, Psychological Association, approximately 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce. People need to know that. Second marriages are even higher. 
at approximately 60 to 67 percent uh, of marriages in, in divorce. Third marriages is about 73 percent of them in, in divorce. And you would think experience would help you do better in marriage, but experience does not necessarily help you to have a better marriage or understand how to have a good marriage. Amen? Amen. So I, I, I read this to, to say that marriage is hard. It is estimated that 746,974 couple, couples divorce in America every year. That's a lot of people. We're approaching a million people every year in America ends up in divorce. This is a problem. Marriage is hard. But the good news, somebody said the good news. The good news is that there is hope for our marriages, especially when we allow God in and do marriage God's way. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. So we want to understand where marriage come from. Because we look in the world, we look in society, and you would think that it was just something that man made up. No, the institution of marriage was created by God, not by man. We just read the scripture uh, where God said, that they too shall become one and the man shall leave his family's house and join unto his wife and they too shall become one flesh. That was the first marriage union. Amen? And, and it was blessed. It's a beautiful thing. Marriage is a holy and sacred institution. And unfortunately, today we don't look at marriage the same the way that God looked at marriage. Or even years ago, if we go back many years ago, today, we do not look at marriage the same way. Amen. But marriage is holy, and marriage was created by God. God created marriage for his own purposes. Amen. He created marriage for himself. Yes, we benefit from marriage. There are some wonderful, beautiful things that happen in marriage. There's a blessing and different things that come forth in our marriage relationship. But we, marriage was not created for us. Even though God said it wasn't good for man to be alone, but mainly God created marriage for himself. Amen, somebody. He created marriage for himself. The reason my wife and I are married is to reflect the glory of God through our lives together and through our marriage. The reason we are married is to reflect the glory of God. It's not just for us. Yes, we enjoy each other. We enjoy marriage. There's some wonderful things uh, that we do together, but that's not God's purpose for marriage. We are married to bring glory to God. Amen, somebody. Marriage, in the beginning, we had Adam and Eve. 
It is through marriage that God was to, uh, he told them to multiply and be fruitful. And then, uh, maybe I'll read it. Yeah, let, let me go ahead and read uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I'm going to stop right there. Um, so, he said that God created man in his own likeness and in his own image. So, animals were not like God. They were not created like God. But God created you and I in his image and in his likeness. And in his image and his likeness, he created us to fill the whole earth with his image and his likeness. Amen? So even in our marriage union, we ought to show forth God's glory and his image and his likeness through our marriage. And really, when you go back, I wish I had known some of these things now before I even had children because God's desire, first his, his first desire was with Adam and Eve to, to create a people, but to create a people after his likeness, after his image. And that is not, that is morally, that is intellectually, but that is also spiritually. God created them this way. His desire was that they fill the whole earth with the same kinds of people. But unfortunately, they fell. They fell, and all kinds of issues started happening along the way. Things got worse and worse and worse, and then we're where we are today. But God had and still has great intentions for marriage. We ought to multiply and create the same things, in other words, like God in all the earth. But you know where that came back again? Is when Jesus came and those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we are to do the same thing. But in our marriage, we are supposed to create a family that looks like God. Amen, somebody. In our marriages, we are to build and create families that look like God, that acts like God. That brings that glory all over the world in every place that we go. And it's the same way now after being born again and being saved. We're raising up a family and an army of God that is to spread out into all the world to show forth the glory of God. 
So in your life and in my life, not only just marriage, but in our individual life, the reason we are saved is to bring glory to God. We benefit from being saved. There are blessings that come because we're saved. But that's not why we're saved. We're saved to bring glory to our God that is in heaven. And we ought to go out into all the world and spread the image of the glory of God. But that's what God meant for marriage. Then, that's still what he means for marriage today. is to bring the glory of God. Now, I know we're talking about something that we, some things we all know. and we, we, We've heard things, a lot of stuff about marriage. And, well, I've heard a lot and, you know. But, but, but God is, is very capable of revealing things to us, even though we feel we've heard a lot of stuff. But God is a right now God. God is a rhema God that brings forth rhema words that we need right now. Amen? And so what, what I'm saying is, if I, I wish I had this information before my wife and I had kids. Because I would have looked at, we would have looked at our marriage differently. This is why, and we would have looked at raising our family even differently. Right? Even though you come up and you're in church and you give them what you've got, you give them the word and you bring them to church. But that's not enough. When, when, when you understand the purpose of marriage, then now you operate in your marriage in a completely different manner. When you understand that God is raising up an army of people to share and to bring forth his glory into all the earth, then marriage is a whole different thing. And we, we, we operate and do things differently because we have that understanding. Amen. Back in the day, we used to say amen lights. <laughs> Y'all might not know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> y'all all right don't worry y'all all right y'all all right because I'm gonna I'm gonna share this regardless I'm gonna share it if you look if you don't look if you amen or don't amen but I appreciate your amen say amen all right so so that's what 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 God was up to all right so marriage is to reflect the glory of God amen now, there are two main reasons why marriages struggle or fail. Now, can I back up? Can I back up just a minute? Because I got to deal with this. I said that we need to do extensive counseling with couples before they get married. Now, it's not saying that we didn't do a good job or we didn't, you know, but, but what I'm saying is we need to do a whole lot more than we thought was adequate enough. Because as we see everywhere, marriages are failing, right? We, we agree with that. Mar marriages are, are, are failing and, and people are having a hard time and there's all kinds of struggles. So, what, what I'm saying is, is, is before, and whoever hears this message, before uh, people get married, we want to spend extensive time. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times, 
pastors don't have that kind of time because pastors are doing so many different things. But I, I just want to throw that out there. People need a whole lot more because the truth is when people get married, they have no idea what they're getting into. Did you know, Pastor Vons, what you was getting into? Did you know? Did you know? I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Now, my wife and I, we got married. A great man of God married us, and we loved him, and he loved us, and he cared for us, and all of that. But, man, they, we had no clue of what we were getting into. We were just in love, and all these feelings is going, and woo-hoo-hoo, you know, and all that stuff is going. But how many of you know that stuff wear off after a while? You, you look at that joker, and that joker's getting on your nerves. <laughs> we didn't read the fine print. We did not read the fine print. You know, and the truth is, you get into marriage, and you have no idea. And then the first couple of years is just great. You, you know, everything's great. The person is great, and everything's great. But then after a while, some of that starts to wear off. Right? All right. So we, we, we just need to do a whole lot more. We just need a whole lot more. And, and then I'm going to tell you some of the reasons why we need so much today than perhaps what we needed some years ago. All right. So there are two main reasons why marriages fail. All right. Number one, this is not in order, but uh, number one is selfishness. And the human flesh, just, just the natural man. The reason marriages struggle and oftentimes fail is because of selfishness. Okay, so I want to do what I want to do. You know, and I want to do it my way. I want to have my way. I want things the way that I want them done. And I'm used to a certain thing. I was brought up a certain way. This is my background. And that's not the way you do it. This is the way you do it. And no, I want to do this. And no, I want to do that. And so you have all these things. You have all these feelings. You have all these selfish desires that we have. And unfortunately, a lot of people never learn how to What's the better word? To resist your, your own self-desires to do what you want to do. Oftentimes, we don't learn how to do that. So the flesh is kind of like in control of a lot of things. And we don't learn how to back up and let the other person. Or we don't learn to give. Because, you know, in a marriage, you have to give. That's give and take. You can't always be uh, taken. And you can't always be given, and you don't feel the other person is given. So oftentimes it's the flesh, and then you have a person that says, you know, you ain't treating me right. You ain't giving me what I want. I'm out the door. And, and they leave, right, because of selfishness, because I want what I want. I'm not thinking about you and what you want or what you need or how we can work this thing together. No, I, I'm thinking about myself, and I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to go and get... Uh, Joe Smo down the street and hook up with him. But guess what? You end up with the same problem because every marriage you go to, you saw the statistics, every marriage you go to, you bring yourself. Amen? 
And if that is not dealt with, you're going to repeat the same stuff over and over again. So oftentimes, remarriage is not the answer. And a lot of times, counselors will tell you, you know, not right now, relax, take it easy, work on yourself. Take some time to work on yourself. The answer is not remarrying. Oh, a lot of people have crazy breakups and relationships, and they go from one person to the next, and then they find they keep going through the same stuff because you're bringing yourself into the relationship. And if you don't take time to work on yourself, you're going to bring the same baggage into a new relationship, and you end up having the same, same results. Yes. All right, so that, that's one, one of the reasons. But also, the second reason why marriages uh, struggle and fail is that the devil hates the institution of marriage. Can I say that again? The devil hates the institution of marriage. So in other words, with, along with our selfishness, there is also a spiritual battle that's going on. Amen, somebody. The enemy did not, I found this interesting in the text, and actually in, in uh, chapter 1, 2, and 3, you will find that the enemy did not attack Adam when he was by himself. Before Eve came on the scene, there is no record of the devil harassing or attacking Adam. It was, she said, what am I saying? Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Hang, hang with me. Hang with me. Hang with me a minute. Amen. So, but, but no, but my point, my point is, uh, Lady Lang, my point is that when Eve came and God joined them together in marriage, this is when the devil showed up because we just read that God made man in the image of him and in the likeness of God to bring his glory all over the world. Can Adam do that by himself? Absolutely not. But when he hooked up with Eve, now they can have children and now they can have all of this glory of God that the devil hates all over the world. So the enemy came in and attacked their marriage. Amen, somebody. He wanted to put a stop to what God was planning. So that's why we have so much of an attack on our marriages today. It's getting increasingly worse every year. And you've got all kinds of crazy perversions of marriage uh, I, I wouldn't doubt that in some country you can probably marry a cow, okay? And, but, but I'm just saying, man has come and perverted it, but all of that is influenced by the devil because he hates the institution of marriage. And you see how marriages, oh, anybody can marry anybody. It doesn't matter, you know. But that's not, that's not from the Bible. That's not what God Intended. So it's important to know this, that as you are married and we as, as, as married couples to know and understand that there is an attack 
on our marriages. We need to walk with that understanding. Oftentimes, we've just been going along with light, lottie, dee, dee, da, raising my family, got my husband and my wife and the car and the cats and the dog, and we're just going on with life. But no, while we're doing all of that, which those things are great, know that your marriage is under attack. Amen, somebody. All right. It was only when Eve came on the scene that the enemy attacked. All right, so strong marriages are the foundation in which to build a strong society, nation, and the world. It is built on strong marriages. And if you look today, many or probably most of our marriages are either broken or divorce, or on its way to divorce, or it's just not strong. I remember talking to you all the last time we talked and said that if you're not careful, you and your spouse can be like roommates in your marriage. That, that's, that can become all it is. And especially if you have children and you're working, you're doing different things, it's very easy. Especially those of us who are young. You're young and married. My wife and I have been married 33. Going way, actually, hold on. June 17th will be 34 years. So y'all remember that and send us a gift. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, moving right along. Um, so uh, uh, I did say June 17th. Pastor, Pastor. Okay. All right. So um, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. But, but I did want to say, especially for you younger people who have been married for a short period of time, you got to know that the devil is after your marriage. I, I hate to burst your bubble, but it's better you know and then start preparing for that than not to know and then get blindsided. And say, what happened? We was good and then... All of a sudden, no, no, the, the devil has been strategizing for a long time to get into your marriage and break it up. Amen? All right. So that's how you build a strong nation. I, I wish I'd had the, uh, the information here, but I was reading of, of a guy who, who does researches on history and, and nations and all of this stuff all the way back to uh, 1947. And, and he stated that there were so many uh, nations that were built that were strong, Rome, Greece, and all these different uh, nations. They were strong back in the day. They were strong because they believed in marriage and they believed in family, even though they weren't necessarily Christians. But how many of you know that the principle of God will work for you oftentimes, even if you don't follow him? You're following his blueprint for something. And oftentimes that thing will work for you just like it would work for a Christian because you're following what he's the principle of what he's laid. So many of these nations were strong. They were strong because they were built on family. They were built on marriage. Amen. So this is important. So you if you look around and you look at our nation, I'm, I'm not going to be long, uh, but you look around and you look at our nation and you see 
how it's crumbling, it's falling, and it's all, got all kinds of stuff and perversions and different things going on. And that's because the marriage union is no longer sacred. It's no longer sacred. It's no longer holy. Any and everybody can get married, and you can get married to anybody, and it doesn't matter. And, and we don't put any emphasis on marriage anymore. Marriage is just a thing. Sometimes people say, you married? You married? Why you won't get married? You know? Well, well, why don't you just live with somebody? That way you can see if you like them. No, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. That's not, that's not the answer. But a lot of people do that. All right, let's keep it moving. All right, so there's a couple of things that's important if we're going to have a strong marriage. Uh, it is important that we are committed. Somebody say committed. committed. We must be committed. We must be committed to build a strong marriage or it's not going to happen. Committed means that you're loyal and willing to give your time and energy to something that you believe in. You believe in your marriage? Amen. You believe in it. So you put, you're willing to put all that time and energy into it uh, because you believe in it. Having uh, promised to be involved in a plan of action. How many of you know you need to have a plan of action in your marriage? I wish I'd known this when I first got married. I'm, you know, we've been married all this long time, and I'm just really finding some of these things out after 33, 30. You, you have to have a plan of action for your marriage, or it's not going to just happen. How many of you want a good marriage? Let me see the hands of those who want a good marriage. Amen. And if you're not married, it's okay. All right. So we want it. We want it. But guess what? It ain't going to just happen just because we want it. We have to have a plan of action in order to have a strong marriage. Feeling dedication and loyalty to a cause, activity, or job, wholeheartedly dedicated. Amen? So that's how we need to be in our marriage. I know uh, I really have a lot to, uh, to say, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get through it, and, and it's okay. All right? And I'll just pick it up another time. Um, uh, I, I wanted to to read that last part again, feeling dedication and loyalty to a cause, activity, or a job, wholeheartedly dedicated. So this is a, 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 another take that, that I, I've been able to look at marriage now is to understand that marriage is not going to just happen. A good marriage, a strong marriage. You, you, okay. You coming up? Okay. All right. So, yeah, a, a strong marriage is not something that's just going to happen. You know why? Because we already know that your marriage is under attack. The devil is out after your marriage. So it's not going to just happen. So we have to be dedicated. We have to be loyal. We have to uh, be wholeheartedly dedicated. So, first of all, this is another thing I, I saw today is... It's not only are we called to be dedicated to our spouse, and we are. I'm called to be dedicated to my spouse, and she to me. But guess what? Another thought is you, me, I must be dedicated to the union of our marriage. In other words, yeah, I'm dedicated to her. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be with nobody else. I'm this and that's my wife, right? I'm dedicated to her, right? That's one part of it. But now being dedicated to marriage, 
is a different thing. Because what all that marriage is, now I'm going to be dedicated to that. So all the things that need to happen, I'm dedicated to this. I'm putting the time into this. I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I am planning. I'm putting things together, amen, so I can have a strong marriage. Does that make any sense to anybody? All right. I'm going to just end that point and have my wife come up. Amen. Come on up, Sister Lane. Lady Lane. Hello. I wasn't going to speak today because of, um, I didn't feel in my spirit all week being, being busy and um, I just didn't feel led to um, have words about marriage. But as I was sitting there, um, the Lord nudged, this certainly wasn't me to be before you speaking, but I would like to read Colossians 3, 12. If you can go there with me. And say amen when you have it. God. Colossians 3.12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you, you also, also do you. And above all things, therefore put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. The next scripture I'm not going to say because I'm, gonna, I'm going to have the... Um, the pastors speak on this another time. But I want to just mention those few scriptures because while we're going through marriage, it's not always comfortable as we're um, being intentional. We have to be intentional to, to make things happen, to become closer, to, like for example, you can become roommates, but you have to be intentional to come back together, to go on dates, and to even fall in love again. I mean, sometimes you 
don't dislike each other. That was in the last, yes. Um, yes. the last time we spoke together. And I said we, I love you all the time. Last time. Yes, but we have to, um, we have to work on it. And I just wanted to uh, um, encourage those who may feel far off from uh, marriage when you're in a marriage and you have to work at it, not to give up and to let God come into your space and um, like during this week, I'm like, oh, I, I do not feel like that speaking. But um, we need to come to a place where we get out of ourselves and allow the Lord to come in. And, and, um, and as I did that, I was there and I felt peace. And, and uh, I'm not really a person to come here before you on a speaker, on, you know, to speak in front of a crowd or a microphone. But through God, we can do all things. And I thank God for this time. I thank God for these words. And I encourage those who are going through to just stand, just be still. Sometimes we have to just find that place of stillness because we can have all those thoughts and feelings um, that are not good. But again, get into your word, worship, sing, prayers, songs that lift you up, because a marriage is a commitment, and God stamped it, and I pray that, I pray that whoever we're speaking to, who's going through, um, that you are blessed from this message um, as we share with you today. That's all I have. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that was, uh, y'all give a better hand than that. Come on. <laughs> okay, she said some good things there. Uh, really was a blessing uh, for me. Um, I, I, and, and, and some things she said that made me need to say, go to my next point. Um, it's important that we understand that, uh, well, let me just say this. There was one ingredient to marriage that is probably most important of all. Can anybody tell us what that is? Communication, love, Jesus, respect, forgiveness, long-suffering. But if you could take one thing, what do you think it would be? <laughs> okay, prayer, okay. I, I, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay. So, really, the easy answer would just say God, you know, but that, that's not what we, we're looking for. Because the truth is, the truth is, you can have God and fail at marriage. Hello, somebody. I said, you can have Jesus in your life and fail and divorce. What is completely necessary, which he is, is love. Love is a must, but it's not the kind of love that you may think, right? That we think a lot of times when we think of love, all right? So love is a choice. We must choose to love. How many of you know you don't always feel like loving? Lisa, you always feel like loving? All right. Pastor Tony, you always feel like loving? 
That's totally. So I'm not going to say it out loud, but praise the Lord. We don't always feel like loving, but love, saints of God, is a choice. We must choose to love. Amen, somebody. So, because feelings come with love, and there's, you know, the element of the feelings and emotions and things come, you know, when, when you receive love. But, but feelings come and feelings go. So you can't base your marriage on feelings because you're going to be in trouble. But we must choose to love. I choose to love my wife. She choose to love me as much of a knucklehead as I am. She chooses to love me. Love is not a feeling. You may have feelings when you love, but feelings come and they go. This is why love must be a choice. You must choose to love your spouse. And I, I want to say this, and as I was studying this, also we want to understand that there's so many similarities in marriage and God and the kingdom of God, his relationship with us, his relationship with the church, and our relationship with each other. They're all kind of similar, right? And so not only are we, we must learn to love our wife, we must learn to love each other in the body of Christ. We must choose to love each other. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. That's all right. Pastor Basil saying, this guy, I didn't know he was this crazy. Wait, wait. Where did this guy come from? Amen. But saints of God, we've got to choose to love each other. And I've talked about this before. I don't know what message. I think it was a message about love, but we, we all got warts. You might not see them, but you got them. And guess what? Other people know you got it. But despite the warts, I have to choose to love my sisters and brothers. You see, this is going to make some sense because it's for marriage, but it's also for, for us. Because in a sense, we're in a married relationship. It's different. We're in a union together. The Bible says that we have, I know that I've passed from life to death, from death to life because I love the brethren. We have to choose to do this. We don't always feel like it. Forgive them and, and all of the things that we need. To, we have to choose to do it, Right? All right, so I, I have to choose to love uh, my spouse. We have to choose to love our spouse. And I, I think I'm going to end on, on this last one because I still got a whole lot more to go. All right, so we must choose to love our spouse. Love is not a noun. It is a verb. In other words, love is not just something that exists. Rather, love is an action. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, love is an action. Love is not just something that is, it is something that does. If I love my wife, I must do things that demonstrates my love for her. Amen, somebody. Amen. 
And even early on in my marriage, I didn't understand this. I just, we were just living, and we were just married, and we just did stuff and, all, you know, whatever. But not having the understanding that if I love her, then I want to do things that will demonstrate my love for her and not just exist in our marriage. Amen? I want to do some things. But also, as we are together as a body of Christ, we must do things that demonstrates our love for each other. How many believe that that's what God wants? You believe that he wants that? He wants that abounding love that just overflows and just everybody, as soon as they come through the door, they can see it, they can sense it, they can cut it with a knife. But they ain't going to be able to do that until we are doing, not just saying. It's one thing to say it, and sometimes we need to say it, and that's important. But oftentimes, more so than you telling me you love me, would you show me? Would you demonstrate to me that you love me? Amen. And I think we all, you know, kind of feel that way. Demonstrate love. Love is a demonstration. So that's what God did uh, for all of mankind. He demonstrated his love. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He demonstrated how much he loved us. And even still to this day, God blesses us. He does things for us. He helps us when we're down. He brings healing to our bodies. Come on, somebody. So, so, so God continually does things. It's one thing for God to sit up in heaven and say, oh, I love you, but never do a thing for you. How would you feel that love? I, I hear what you're saying, but... My family ain't got nowhere to go, you know. If you love me, but it's the same within the body of Christ. If we love each other, let's start showing that we love. And there's a lot I want to want to talk about that, and I'm not going to have time, so uh, I'll do this another time. But understand that your marriage is under attack. My marriage. Is under attack. We, we're a lot further along than, than we were some years ago, and but we still have to work on it. She mentioned something about intentional. I want to really deep dig into that, but maybe another time we, we'll talk about that. But our marriages are under attack, but God is able to bring us through. He's able to vitalize, revitalize, and revive our marriages. Amen. Aren't you so glad about that? Give the Lord a hand clap. A praise. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Pastor Vons, could you give me just a little worship? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for marriages and we're going to pray for the blessings of God over our marriages in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're not going to ask you to come up, but just right where you are. Just right where you are. Just right where you are. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God.
Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. There are marriages that are here in this place right now. There are marriages that are online, Father God, that are struggling, that are going through all kinds of issues. There are marriages that are being broken, that are being torn apart. Father God, we cry out to you today. And we ask God that you would bring healing in our marriages in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father God, that you would even all of those broken pieces that are broken, Father God, that you would put those pieces back together again in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, that our marriages would thrive. We pray in the name of Jesus for the wisdom of God, Father God, that we may know what to do and how to do it. For we understand, Father God, that when we do things your way, that our marriages have a 100% chance of making it. So, Father, show us your way. Show us how to, to deal with each other. Show us, Father, how to love each other. Show us how to reach each other. Show us how to be there for each other. And then, God, we pray for those marriages that are really on the brink of of, of divorce or destruction we pray in the name of Jesus and we speak life into those marriages in the name of Jesus Christ the son of the living God we know God that you're able to change things you're able to turn things around so father we pray in the name of Jesus if there's a marriage that's going in the wrong direction we pray, God, that you turn it around in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, that you be glorified in and through our marriages. We pray, God, that our marriages will become what you intended for marriages to be, to bring forth your glory, to reflect the glory of God, to bring up and raise our children in the nurture of Jesus Christ, and that they may go into the world and, 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 and spread your likeness and your image and your glory all throughout the world. Father, we pray that you help us today. We need your help today. In the name of Jesus. Can somebody lift your voice and say, Lord, I need your help. Come on, say, Lord, I need your help today. My marriage would not make it without you. I cannot do this thing on my own. But God, if you help me, I'm going to make it. Father, if you help me, I will have a great and wonderful marriage. And I will in turn go out into the world and show your glory, your likeness, and your image to all the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house of God. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Basil, but I just want to make sure if there's anyone here that do not know Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity. We want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And the Bible says that he got up on the third day with all power in his hand. He wants to save you today, and he wants to bring you into right relationship with him. But the only way for that to happen is by receiving Jesus into your heart and into your life. May the Lord bless you. Heaven smile upon you, Pastor Basil. Thank you so much, Pastor Andre.